Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! Reeves, I'm wearing no pants, I got bad chocolate in my mouth, and I'm ready to talk about some cool business stuff. You ready for that, Corbett Bar? As ready as I can be. (laughs) Welcome to the Fizzle Show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is a show where every week we talk about something that is interesting to independent business owners, operators, makers. If you're a blogger or a podcaster or an artisanal cocktail cherry maker, if you're an artist or an entrepreneur of any kind, shape, or size, that's who this show is for. Because it's damn hard to earn a living doing something that you care about. If you get successful, you might get pulled off course, and five years down the road you go like, wait, why have I been doing it this way? I've been working my ass off. I don't even enjoy any of this stuff, right? The goal for us is not just to be successful, but to enjoy it as we go. But you got to be successful first. <laughs> the getting successful is hard. All right? So that's what we talk about on this show. And today, we've got a doozy for you. Just in case you don't know, we run an entire community of entrepreneurs at fizzle.co. And you can go check that out if you haven't yet. Steph Crowder, are there? Can you hear me? Hey, everybody. I'm here. Hi. Hi, Steph. Steph, give me a little bit of an overview of, of what we're diving into today. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this today. So a lot of people listening, or maybe maybe some people, but not everybody, I don't think, probably realize that we have a whole other podcast here at Fizzle hosted by yours truly. It's called the Courage and Clarity Podcast. And we launched this podcast in January. So at the time of this recording, it's been going for about six months. And it's been really fun and it's grown really, really quickly. In fact, in the month of May, 16,000 individual human beings listened to the show at some point. So I'm super proud of it. And it's been a a big success so far. People can check it out at courageandclarity.com. But today we're going to talk about, I guess the headline for this, right, is the single best tip for great podcast interviews. So we're going to get into the biggest tip that I've taken away from hosting this show. Um, And by the way, just to tell people a little bit about the show before we really get into this tip and all the other stuff that we're going to talk about, um, it's kind of a little bit of a different format that people seem to enjoy. So being called Courage and Clarity, it's one part inspiration, one part instruction for people who are going after what they love in business and in life. And it's kind of uh, a really created to address what I see as like the two main elements of success. And I've noticed this in ourselves running Fizzle, as well as thousands of people who've come through our doors at fizzle.co. We really need two things. We need to have vision. We need to understand where we're going and really be able to see in our mind's eye what we want our reality to look like in the first place. We need to be inspired. But we also really need the tactics and the strategies to actually apply this stuff in our in our real businesses and in our real lives. So the show is interesting. All the guests who come on, um, the show is broken into two episodes per guest. So the first one is Courage and the second one is Clarity, where we talk more about tips and actual strategies that people can use. So that's a little bit about the show. But today on this podcast episode, we're going to be talking about the biggest tip that I have learned from producing, I guess, about 40 episodes now and uh, something, Chase, that you really taught me and turned me on to. So something that you've got a lot of experience with as well. And I'm just really excited to, to share this with people because it's been revelatory for me as, a, as someone who's brand new to the audio making space. Awesome. So this is a, a tip for getting into a conversation with somebody 
in an interview, especially a lot of podcasts are being started, right? You're having, but like, you know, the problem, the basically the problem with an interview podcast is you're probably just one of a bunch of other interview podcasts right. in your space. You know, everybody does podcasts that with interviews, it seems like, mm-hmm. right? And it's, but it, because it's kind of hard to like write and script out an entire podcast and just do it yourself. We here on the Fizzle Show, we don't do it. We don't do interviews very often, but when we do, we take advantage of this one tip that can help us to have much more interesting interviews and uh if you you you're ready to just like dive, dive into the to the tip yeah here? are we just gonna go like straight into the rich tip let's There's no go. like information gap or reveal or i think i think you know here i went i went and le- i've been looking through a bunch of old quotes that i've had on ice to the brim.com and kind of like editing them and getting them ready to maybe turn them into something else um paul graham like the two things that your website needs to do uh, this great quote that I found from him. And I can't remember what the first thing is, but the second thing is, is, is give him everything you have right up front. <laughs> give him all the good stuff all right. right up front. Right. <laughs> so part of me is a little bit wanting to do that, but what do you want to do, Steph? I, I do want to do that as well. I'm just going to tee it up the tiniest bit and just say two really quick things about why we're going to share this tip or why, why we feel like it is so important to dive right into it. And I think the cool thing yeah. about this episode too, is I've prepared three little audio clips from the Courage and Clarity podcast that Chase and Corbett actually haven't heard yet. So we're going to be playing them here on the show and kind of reacting to them. So I'll, we'll talk about the tip itself and then we'll actually use a few examples to talk through, which I, I think will be really helpful. Um, yeah. But the two reasons why we're sharing this tip, I think there's kind of two um, different reasons why I wanted to bring this to the Fizzle Show. And the first one is if you're an audio maker of any kind, you're a podcaster, you have any interest in telling stories or conveying information, providing value in this way, I really believe this will revolutionize how you do your thing. Uh, That's been the case for me. It has become the anchor for my interviews and you're able to build the entire rest of the story around this one tip. So in part, this is for people who are interested in audio, but even if you have no interest in ever being a podcaster, you just enjoy consuming podcasts, I wanted to share it because this has become truly like my secret sauce that I believe is one of the big reasons that people are listening to Courage and Clarity in the first place. Like you said, Chase, there's so much competition out there. There's so many interview shows, uh, but I believe that this one tip that I've really focused on more than anything else has helped set my show apart. So those are just, I wanted to tell Mm. people two big reasons why we feel like this is worth having a whole episode about i love it i love it yeah no so let's let's dive into the thing what's the thing do you want to tell them do you want to tell me you want me to tell them what do you want to do i'll i'll say a little bit and then you go deeper chase how about that so okay the tip itself and again this is something that chase really turned me on to and then if people want to go deeper there's a really great i think it's a really great course on creative live by alex bloomberg of npr Um, It's about finding the moment in the story. So it's about going to an exact moment during an interview. And it's really interesting because this I think the whole mission of this tip is to create interviews that aren't boring. Like that's the biggest thing because I don't know about you guys, but I've heard so many interviews you just gloss over so quickly. It's very easy for interviews to become super boring. Um, so for, for me, this kind of, cha- it's done a few things. It's helped me create audio that's interesting and helped tell a more compelling story, but it's also become like a North star or a guiding light for me as a podcaster, because when you're going into an interview, especially with somebody who you admire, which you should be shooting for guests that you are excited to have on your show, 
it's like, it's nerve wracking to understand, you know, I get this question all the time too. Like, how much should I prepare? What am I looking for? How much do you script it out? For me, the answer has been, it's all in the name of finding this one moment in the story where everything kind of, it's like the, I don't know, like the climactic moment or the moment that everything kind of came together. It's a turning point. So when you find yourself like seeking that in an inter- interview, it really informs the whole story. So that's the the big tip is helping the audience kind of recreate an exact moment where there was a turning point in the guest story. Hmm. Yeah. And it's just curious. Well, and maybe this is what the whole episode today is about, but do you know what this moment is ahead of time or this is something you're trying to fish for? Actually, that Steph, I want to, that's what I really want to get into with you is yeah. that exact question. So let me, let me talk a little bit and then Corbett, let's come back to that question. Okay. okay so the gist here is this Steph saying it's really easy to have boring, boring interviews. And it is, it is. We've all like, I've done a lot of interviews that were boring, right? You've been interviewed. Uh, well, and then I've also been an interviewer yeah. who, who who I think has made some boring, some boring stuff probably. Um, inside of Fizzle, there are a bunch of founder stories, 40 different founder stories, interviews with people who have uh, ha- have done it. Like they're making their business online. Do you know what I mean? And they're, they're supporting themselves. And so we have these long, like sometimes hour and a half long conversations with people, normally over a cocktail to to like, just go like, what do you wish you would have known different? Like, what do you know now that you didn't know? And I think through the course of doing a lot of those, I learned a lot about interviewing, but it was, it was kind of, it was kind of, I think after that, that I even got this, heard this idea of like, or just learned is what I did about story to look for the moment, to look for basically these moments where someone needed to be either courageous, like Actually, I like using courageous as the lens for this because courage means like, I don't know if this is going to work. Yep. Kind of, right? Yeah. And and it's a little bit like this scare. It's like a little bit scary. You know what I mean? It's a little bit scary always. And courage. And be brave in the face of uncertainty. And it's yeah. always a little bit. That's why it's like you can tell someone who's successful, but they're not con- courageous. And they they know they're not courageous because they're like trying to feel okay with where they are. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like really two different things. But anyways, I bring up courage because that's something that I've been looking a lot for as I think and talk to people is like, where was it actually worrying to you? Right if it wasn't going to work. And, and a lot of that for me is just, is actually thinking about it myself. Like, hold on, like you've worked your whole life in like in retail and in the garment type stuff with your, your dad's company doing this thing. And you all of a sudden just decided to move to Chicago and and like be a blogger. Right. Like what was that like? I'm thinking of specifically one episode that you did, Steph, like one of the early ones. Um, when do you think, Steph, uh, so actually let's go back to Corbett's, Corbett's question now. Steph, as you're doing these interviews, we're look, we're, you're ha- you have questions, you know a little bit about this person's story. You're asking them, okay, so then what happened? So then what happened, right? Just kind of getting into their story. Do you have any sense personally where that moment is going to be 
before yeah. the conversation? This is such a good question. And I'm really glad that Corbett asked it because I didn't really think about this going into it because it's just, it's just become kind of ingrained in my process. But the answer is a resounding yes. Uh, I think it would, you know, and in the beginning, Corbett and Jace know this, I, you know, was doing these interviews with people and they were like an hour long. And I am, I'm doing two episodes per guest and I'm shooting for 45 minutes or less. And I would have to sift through an hour of audio to create 30 minutes. And it was horribly painful. So the the danger here is if you don't have any idea, I think that you'll have to spend much, much more time digging to get to the moment. So yes, I think it's definitely important to have a sense of that. Um, and I'll talk about how I do that in just a second. But I wanted to point out one more thing that I feel like is, is relevant to this, uh, which is something that really stuck with me when I took that little creative live course from Alex Bloomberg that I mentioned. He pointed out something that I haven't been able to forget, and I've totally found it to be true, which is that for some reason, when we're being interviewed, our instinct is to go really canned and general. And I don't know why that is exactly. I don't know if it like feels good to us as humans to feel like we're pontificating and giving advice, but you'll start to notice this now that I've probably pointed it out. If you haven't heard this before, people <laughs> tend to want to like really just gloss over the details and they want to get to the punchline because they. I think it feels good to like feel like you're bestowing some information upon people. So that is where our guests tend to go. Even the really talented people I have found, really well-spoken people, they just tend to kind of like, not, maybe they just don't think their own, We none of us really think our lives are as interesting as other people do probably. So yeah. everybody needs this guidance. If you don't really like you have to seriously actively like corral them into the moment because they will gloss over it. That is just like a given. So you're kind of always fighting against that instinct a little bit. So that's really important to point out, I think, because I've totally found it to be true in literally everyone I've interviewed. Um, but as far as how to prepare for that, how to find the moment ahead of time, one thing that I'm starting to do more and more that I didn't do in the beginning, and I think some of my best interviews, I do have some conversation uh, with my guests really just over email. And a few of them have, I'll ask them something like, hey, you know, in the Courage episode, we're going to be looking for a turning point. Just like you said, Chase, we're going to be looking for that moment where you weren't sure if everything was going to work out what comes to mind? And some people have sent me like a few bullets where it's like, oh, it could be this moment in just a couple, like couple words. I don't want to know too much because I want it to unfold naturally in the conversation. But some people will give me like five different things to choose from. And now that I've been doing it for a little while, I can look at the five bullets that I get back and I'm like, no, no, that's the one I want to get into. So definitely having an idea and make, making sure that the guest is prepared to talk about it a little bit is really helpful. Yeah, that that is... a. Uh... That's a, an interesting thing. By the way, I think it should be said that, um, again, to reiterate what we're talking about here, finding the moment and like the moments in a conversation, right? So I have a conversation with Corbett Barr. There's a few moments I know I'm looking for. One of them is the moment he decided to quit his startup in San Francisco and go on sabbatical with his wife and dog in a car through through all of Mexico, right? There's this like, wait, who does that? Like what led up to that? And I want to, so, so I, I kind of, I know a little bit about his story. So I know about that moment. And so I want to make sure I'm like sort of, so tell me about the startup. I'm starting in the beginning and going like, tell me about the startup and this, that now this all went away. You walked away from this yeah. sort of thing. And I want to know and do this really quick with me. So it's it's about zooming in. It's zooming in. Way in. It's like, do you remember the day you decided? And do you? Do you remember the day you decide you you realized this was gonna happen? Like you were gonna walk away? 
<laughs> I feel so much pressure to yeah. say yes right now. Well, no, if you don't, but like, do you remember that day? I, I'll tell you a moment that I do remember yeah. just, just after that, which yeah. is my wife and I were in our car about to cross the border and we were at the last gas station yeah. in Phoenix. Yeah. And both, I looked over and both of us were like white. We were freaked the hell out because we were about to drive into a foreign country and yeah. we didn't know what the next six or nine months were going to hold for us. Yeah. And we were like a little trembly yeah. and just bare knuckled and like, it was all fine the next day. Yeah. But right then we were, it was like that last moment of, are we doing the right thing with our lives? This is so great. Listener, did you hear that moment? Did you hear what just happened? That was called interesting audio. Yeah. (laughs) That was called an interesting part of the story. Yeah. And I think it should be mentioned. Why is this interesting? Yeah. Because that's the kind of thing you want to do in your life too. You know what I mean? That's the kind of thing everybody wants to do. They want to feel that fear before jumping out the plane because they're the kind of person who jumped out the plane, even though they're also the kind of person that would be afraid of it. You know, this is what life, this is what exhilaration is made out of, is this kind of, these kinds of moments. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sometimes they're not exciting. Sometimes they're really tragic. Sometimes really sad. So there are a lot of things. But uh, I think zooming in on those moments, but if you zoom in on a boring moment, I mean, Steph, have you experienced that where you're like kind of fishing for something and not really getting them to a point where it's actually that interesting? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've definitely had some moments that are more, you know, like clear and just really memorable than others. Uh, I think that for the most part, if you have a fairly dynamic guest, you can get to it. But, you know, the other I think for me, the other reason why Corbett's moment that he just described is interesting is because this is what I keep thinking about. I've really been spending some time just sort of like percolating on all of this. Part of it is that, you know, with audio, you only rely on one sense. Obviously, you're just listening. So it's kind of our job as the maker of this or as the storyteller to help people be able to reconstruct the memory or the moment with their different senses. So we have to kind of tap into things like sight and feeling and um, taste and smell. You can do anything, but the more you can kind of bring in those other elements, I think that's what makes it really interesting. And this is another like sort of difference is when people gloss over a conversation they had, like a pivotal conversation, getting them to not just give you the gist of that conversation, but to literally get into, he said this, and then I said that, and then he said this back makes such a huge difference because you feel like you're in the room being part of that conversation with the person you're talking to. So I think a lot of this depends on the listener's ability to reconstruct the scene. When Corbett Mm. was just describing that to us, I feel like I'm in the car. Like I can see the white knuckles on the steering wheel. So I can see- The desert outside of Phoenix, you know. The gas station, tumbleweeds, like the whole thing. And I think that when you can form that kind of connection, the cool thing about this, the reason anybody should care about this at all is because- it's the only way that your listener is going to remember because we have to like form that depth of connection. Otherwise, your podcast is forgettable. I think that's really what we're going for here is creating something that sticks instead of just another boring interview that I'm going to move on from and forget about. Yeah. I love this because it's useful not just to people who are podcasting yeah. or interviewing, yeah. but just to people in general, anyone who has to tell their story. <laughs> yeah. We're telling you totally. like to make it good, you need to dive into some specific things that give people yeah. something to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like as someone who's interviewed frequently, I don't know if I dive in enough to these things. Mm-hmm. And probably the interviews where I felt like it was fun and groundbreaking for mm-hmm. me anyway, yeah. 
are the interviews where someone asked me some things that got really specific or that hadn't been asked a million times that yeah. weren't just like the common fluff. Yeah, right? yeah. no, totally. So, and I think what's so important about that is so, if, for instance, if, if you want to tell a better story yourself, um, it's really easy when you have a great interviewer and they're curious about you. And they get to the point where you kind of like, you know, you're looking up and you're going like, well, I can tell you about this moment. We were just about to cross the border. You know what I mean? And you're all of a sudden in that moment and you're kind of reliving it a little you're looking tiny up bit. because they're off script and they're digging. They're digging. Yeah, exactly. And so whereas it's hard to kind of get that same emotional connection to the memory if you're going by rote, mm -hmm. if you're if you're coming from like, oh, and then I should yeah. tell this start. So that's why in some ways you're, what you're looking for is you're kind of looking to go into the place that I because what I what I resonated with in that story that you told Corbett was the uncertainty yeah. Was the fear, was mm -hmm. the excitement and the exhilaration, was the, was the, 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 like what this meansness of it, you know what I mean? Like this means something so like, we don't know where this is going, but we're like going somewhere we can't guarantee we're going to be like, we're going to have a job. We're, we're, you know what I mean? We yeah. don't know anything. Yeah. We don't know anything. Right. But we're doing it anyways. I love that. I think that's that. So as you're, if you're trying to tell your own story, if you can get into a little bit, if you can really relive, try to relive a little bit of that, like exhilaration and that kind of like, it's like kind of worry, but it's kind of excitement. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 I don't know. It's a, that that's, it's called, it's always interesting and not, it's not always big, big moments like that. But, but anyways, the point, the point should be said again, that like trying to zoom. So first of all, you zoom in and you find the thing and you zoom in on it. But if you try to zoom in on too much and it's not the interesting thing, it's not, you're not going to get great results from it. Right. Yeah. You, you, you're kind of, you're really looking for these little cues. So you got to know when to back out yeah. of that line. And when to go to general. Okay. Yeah. So you had that for a while. Like what, what was the next sort of season for you? Well, we did this sort of thing. Okay. And then what came after? that now hold on what wow that's a big switch from this to that like tell me how did that come about wait 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 so where were you when you like do you remember when you like realized like oh my god i'm gonna leave this job and move to chicago like mm -hmm. that was what, what were you thinking about yeah what were you like what did you think did you were you really confident that it was gonna work out mm -hmm. right so i'm, I'm at, using these questions to kind of get into their fear at the time because every now she's a big successful blogger, and so she knows it all worked out. But at the time, she knows how courageous it was, or how scary it was to try to make that decision. Yeah, you know, and trying to get people who are listening to see inside themselves what that inflection point might look like. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. And Steph, you've done that great job on that on your podcast. Like every episode, there's these turns yeah. where it's like you realize this person is a hero so do you have like some clips that we can we can maybe we can show one of the clips now yeah absolutely let me just say one more quick thing about this because it's just a, t a tiny tip that i hope it doesn't sound overly obvious when i say it but it's something that i think about every time i do one of these interviews is that if i am bored then my listener is going to be bored. Yeah. And that's yeah. really helpful because I think sometimes I, I will admit, and I'm sure you guys have felt this too, I'm interviewing somebody and I feel myself kind of like thinking about something else. That is a clear sign that I'm, I need to make a switch or I need to go deeper or zoom out, whatever. But letting yourself be the barometer for where your listeners are at. Like if you are starting to gloss over and glaze over, then you can definitely bet on the fact that they're going to be in the same place. So yeah. using your own curiosity as a barometer, I think has been really helpful. Okay. Mm, yeah. So yeah, let's get into these clips. I'm excited to play these for you guys. So I've got um, three clips. And so let me just tee these up real quick. So they're short. Let's, 
Yeah, let's do the first one. Just just light it, guide us into the first one. Yeah, absolutely. So each of these is going to be short and it's really just the exact moment in and of itself. There's obviously, uh, if you want to go and listen to these episodes, I'd be happy to have you know our listeners do that. There's some lead up to the moment. And then I think it's really interesting how I chose these moments based on the fact that pretty much the entire 30 minute, these are all from Courage episodes. So the, you know, the sort of story type episodes, um, the whole rest of the interview hinges on these mm. moments. And you guys will see these clips are less than two minutes long, each one. So it's not a lot that you're going to hear, but the it's very, it's like fascinating, fascinating to me that 30 plus minutes of audio can really hinge on just like this teeny, like two minute exchange. So that's kind of uh, what I'm excited to share. So the first one, I don't think I'm going to say too much about it. Let's just play it. And then I would love to hear you guys kind of react to it. Tell me what it brings up for you, what it makes you think of, what it makes you feel. And we'll kind of go from there. Okay, here we go. In college, I was a varsity athlete. I was a swimmer. And I fell down a flight of stairs in college and broke my foot two weeks before nationals. Oh, my gosh. Went down to the coach, and my foot was like double the size. And my coach looked at it. He was like, what? Uh, Here come more swear words. Like, what the? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and then he pulled me aside. He said, get in my office. I I love this man. He's just an amazing, amazing coach. And I was sobbing. I was in tears. And he's like, you have a choice. I said, what? He goes, you either bow out now or you find a way to do it. And I was like, but my foot is broken. You know, like I, I'm just not going to be as fast. He's like, no, you either you're all in or you're all out. I want you to step aside right now, take yourself off the national team, or you're going to go for it. If you go for it, I never want to hear you say another word about your foot for the next two and a half weeks. Wow. What did and, you do? Uh, I went to the doctor. I was like, is this okay? Am I going to be okay? <laughs> you're going to call my parents. I'm like, he's being so mean. I'm sure I said that, right? Yeah. Um, and I woke up the next morning and it was one of the kindest things he could have done was to tell me, like, you, have, you actually have to decide now what your mental strategy is going to be. And so we, I practiced an entirely new start. You know, I switched the feet around so that I was pushing off my right foot. I knew that the adrenaline of being a sprinter would overcome any of the pain that I would feel. Um, and luckily, and this is, may sound terrible, people might be cringing, my foot was swollen enough that I didn't feel pain. Yeah. Uh, so it was fine. Like I could kick and I could swim and I didn't feel much pain. It was also, the doctor looked at it and said, you have a green line fracture, which means the bones are all in place. Um, and it was on the outside of my foot and it was still safe for me to swim. He's like, you're not going to make it worse. You're just, it's not going to feel good. So it became entirely a mental pain issue, which was like, get over yourself. Wow. Okay, Steph. Okay. So this was my interview with Sarah Peck. So you guys know Sarah and other people listening might as well. She uh, just started a company and a website called startuppregnant.com. So people can check her out. But yeah, so give me give me your thoughts on on this moment. Well, I mean, obviously, it's a very interesting... It, what's great about it is like, that's the moment you can... I don't know. I mean, I just saw... I was just with Sarah at, at in Boise for the uh, ConvertKit conference. And I wish you would have told this story. Yeah, yeah, I'm just thinking like I've spent hours with Sarah. Yeah. And I know a decent amount about her, but this medium is amazing because <laughs> you get to hear things that you would never. Yeah. And it, maybe it's because I'm a <laughs> conversational. And I never, get, you know <laughs> I what I mean? Think that's yeah. like you never get that deep. Yeah. No, totally. Uh, no, it, it, it's, it's a very awesome moment. And it's the kind of moment that when you hear it, you, you visualize it and you always remember that visual. 
Especially, Steph, if that if you take that at the end of the episode and go like, do you remember what Sarah's coach told her yep. when her foot was as swollen as a grapefruit? Do you know what I mean? And she, do you, can you picture Sarah like on the starting block ready to jump in to the water with this big old swollen foot and her just kicking arse doing the thing, like, like deciding to go for it, yeah. right? And that's such a, a visual metaphor for that standard success motivation sort of thing where you could say like you know even if it's painful you you should do it or you could say let me tell you about one time when i was in the nationals (laughs) yes no chase what you just said is so important like i think that i really think you just beautifully summarized the the power of this whole moment thing because that's kind of what i meant when i said that people's instinct is to go general sort of like go for your dreams like it's all mental you can do it yeah it doesn't resonate it doesn't resonate on this level where you're like and you could hear me you heard me in the clip i go wow i mean that was genuine i was like enraptured i was like what your foot broke before nationals and your coach was like i mean can you imagine how hard that would be that if you decide to stay on the team you're not allowed to talk about the pain that you're in ever I mean yeah. what a, like for me it just brought up so much I, I get goosebumps I've listened to this a million times I still get goosebumps listening to it because yeah. it just brings up so much in myself in terms of like wow it really is all and Sarah and I and it was a great conversation we go on to kind of talk about how so much of this is mental and the excuses we make so you can see how not only is it an amazing moment in itself but it really teed us up to have this phenomenal conversation about our own obstacles and what we face in our lives. Yeah. Okay. So um, before we get into the next one here, I'm, I'm going to do a little sponsor read, but, but before there, I want to know Steph, how did this moment come about? Is this one that you knew was going to happen? Uh, like you got a, you got an email about it beforehand, or is this something that you just kind of sleuthed out? Can you remember? You know, I, it's interesting. I think this one did get sleuthed out and I, and sorry for people listening, I guess, I guess you'll just have to go listen to the episode as a, as a uh-huh. teaser. Um, I think Sarah had told me that she was a varsity swimmer in college. And I, I believe that previous to this moment, we were talking a little bit about just how much that took out of her, like during her call, like how that was, yeah. she, she talked about how she basically double majored in, I believe, journalism and psychology as well as swimming. So we were kind of having a conversation about how big a role swimming played in her life. And then this moment moment kind of just came up okay awesome and then uh i'm i'm curious do you know do you remember what episode that is exactly i'm mean, oh. obviously it's sarah peck yes uh it's from let me find it it's from this this season that i just did which was season two um i will find it How about okay that? that in a second first a sponsor read from aptive A-A-P-T-I-V. Aptive is is an app that helps you. Well, here's the gist, all right? That drive that you feel to work out harder in a class or in personal training, right? If you have a personal trainer kind of pushing you, you end up going further. I was just recently in an audience where I got to see Seth Godin speak. And he said, everybody, show me that you can do this. Put your hands up as high as you can. And everybody puts their arm up super high. And then he says, now put it up a little higher. And everybody puts up their hand a little bit higher. He's like, what's that about? (laughs) that idea that like when somebody's there pushing you you actually go a little harder you raise your arm a little higher you lift a little more weight you run a little bit faster or a little bit longer that's what aptive works on it's an app that pushes you like that because it is a personal trainer in your ears in your earball holes with the music that you choose going on 
doing a a specific workout. They have over like hundreds of workouts in there. Sprints. I remember hearing Jess Lively talk about how she likes to do sometimes the sprints on this app. And you have like, hi, I'm Candice in, in your head, sort of pumping you up to get you like, no, really give it, really give it for a little bit here. Go, 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 go. We're going to stop in a second. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Right? This kind of thing. Where uh, So anyways, that's what Aptive is. It's a $9 a month thing, but you get unlimited access to hundreds of these things. And as a Fizzle Show listener, you get to try it for free for an entire month, okay? It's a really cool thing. They don't give this free trial out on their website. So for a whole month, you can try it for free. You go to fizzle.co slash aptive. That's A-A-P-T-I-V. And then enter Fizzle in the coupon code when you're signing up. All right, and that'll give you 30 days for free of Aptive. Our thanks for Aptive supporting independent business and the Fizzle show. Okay, Steph, so you got another clip you're going to show us here. What do you do we need to set this one up or do you want to just get, roll right into it? Um, I'll maybe I'll do a tiny bit of setup. I let me just say really quickly though that first clip was from episode number 31. That was 31 okay. with Sarah Peck, her courage episode. Uh, so this second one, I guess maybe I'll just start by saying it's, I'll only say who it is. It's Claire Pelletro, who we've talked about, actually we've had on the Fizzle show before. So she's a former Fizzler and just a very good friend of Fizzle. So this is my, from my conversation with her. So let's listen to it and then we can discuss. But before that happened, I got fired. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what happened there? Can you kind of take us to the day that that happened? <gasps> yes. Um, <laughs> if you so dare. It's, it's funny because just a month before or maybe six weeks before, I just had a performance review and it was fantastic. Um, so basically in those six weeks or so, I guess there was a situation where I made a mistake and it was actually with my Facebook ads for her. It sort of set off an alarm for Laura, which was, okay, She's able to run these ads that are getting us all kinds of leads, all kinds of traffic. But if she's not looking at the bigger picture about the total ROI, then there's there's something off here. So when I made that mistake and those alarm bells were triggered, uh, shortly after, Laura and I had a conversation where it just became clearer to her that I didn't quite understand some of the most important metrics for those campaigns. And I think a day later, she got me on the phone and she told me, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to have to let you go. And I, I couldn't believe it. I just didn't see it coming at all. I mean, I thought that I would be with that company forever. Wow. Okay. And I, I actually remember hearing this, this point, this actually is better in the context. I remember listening to this uh, episode before you had launched any Courage and Clarities. I was listening to a handful of these to hear what they're like. And, um, and I remember this one. I remember this moment of, of Claire being fired uh, and going like, oh, damn, this changed everything in her life. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And did you guys notice too how when I asked her, so I, I kind of purposely in this one included the question that I asked because I tend, and I think in the next one I do this as well, I tend to ask some version of like, can you take us to that moment or what was what happened yeah, on that yeah. day? And you could hear her reaction. She literally went, <gasps> I mean, and so, <laughs> so the one thing that people out there might be thinking, because I think it to myself all the time and I kind of have to like reset my mind on this is you might be asking yourself like, well, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable or I'm nervous about like, 
bothering somebody. You know, I, I have those fears sometimes too. And you do kind of have to read that. Like I won't press so hard that it gets uncomfortable, like too uncomfortable. Although I have had tears and I think that's natural. Um, mm. But you do have to, I think it's, it's journalism, right? Like that's what we're really doing here. You have to be willing to ask some of the tough questions. These aren't the moments that everybody gets in their interviews. And it's because not everybody's willing to ask those questions. But I haven't had anybody. I mean, most people, I think once they get into it are enjoying telling it but yeah it can be it can be a little nerve-wracking to like you know really go there with someone yeah okay so now now help me with this one is there anything else to add to this because you're talking to claire she's talking about um well i mean i guess that that's exactly what you just said i just want to reiterate i guess it's like she said and then i got fired Mm -hmm. and that was like alarm bell in your head yes like hold on what was that like? Yeah. And I I think I said, what, take us to the day that that happened. Yeah, you did. But in your head, it was like, wonder what that would have been like. Right. Right. And I think in some ways that's a little bit of a key to like Mm -hmm. finding these moments is like, whoa, what would that be like? (laughs) In some ways you can kind of fake that in your head. Just like when someone says something, try it out, go like, whoa, what would that be like? Right. And, and sometimes it's a, it's a worthy moment. And sometimes you can't get yourself interested or excited about it at all. But I think in some ways, one of the things we're talking about is as you're an interviewer, to to get ready and be looking for that feeling. Yes. That's sort of like, you know, I don't know. It's like that little feeling that like, what's whoa, what would that have been like? It's, so it's just p- pure and simple curiosity. It is, it's, but it's almost got some, and this is, again, come for me with experience because I think at first I did wander more and I let my curiosity totally take over and that was too too loose and too broad for yeah. me. So it's the curiosity, but it's also, I'll, and it's, of course it depends on the mission of your show and I can only speak to mine, but for me, I'm looking for the moment. And I think this next clip, I'll, uh, maybe I'll just talk about the next one if yeah, we're ready to move it. on. Um, yeah. It also is the, the moment that I feel like everything kind of just changed for a person or like mm. everything just kind of culminates. Or in this case, we're talking about entrepreneurship. It's that moment where, of course, in Claire's case, we just talked about, she was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, what am I going to do? There's sort of like a, what am I going to do moment? This next one is really interesting. So this is Natalie Frank from the, the Rising Tide Society. And um, her clip is really interesting because I believe it, this is not in there. So I'll just mention it. She was a photo- is a photographer. She got her start as a, as a six-figure wedding photographer, built her business to that point while she was putting herself through college at Penn. So my question right before this was, I think something like why, like how in the world, you know, of course we talked about like, how did you do both? And I think I said something to her, like, why did you, after she graduated from Penn, which is one of the best universities in the United States, she decided to go all in on her photography business. She's very, very smart. She could have done any number of things, including, you know, like more education. So I think I asked her something like, why did you go into photography when you had this degree? Like you don't need a degree for photography. So like, what was that about? So it's kind of like that moment where I was trying to figure out why would somebody who has has a degree from Penn decide to pursue entrepreneurship? So that's what I was asking her right before this clip. Okay, let's do it. When you made that decision, do you have like a specific memory or can you kind of take us to like that moment when you were sort of like, okay, I'm going for it? What sticks out in your mind? So I'll be, I'll be frank with you. I had a conversation with my grandmother and my grandmother, actually I've never, by the way, you guys are, I've never told this story um, ever. So I don't know why I'm suddenly feeling like I should, but maybe it was the way you asked the question. Uh, My grandmother was dying of stage four lung cancer. 
and this was my junior year in college. And she made a comment to me where she said, my natty will never be happy working for anybody else. And I just, it like something about it, you know, it just, it hit me in a way I had never heard her talk about. um, She called me natty, by the way, but I'd never heard her talk, talk to me like that, you know, just to go that bold and just say like, you, you're different, you know, kid, you're different. You probably won't be happy doing what everyone else wants you to do or following a path that you think you're supposed to. And she summed it up with just a simple a saying, I wouldn't be happy working for anybody else. I had to do my own thing. And I don't know whether it was that, it was the combination of, of having that experience. When my dad left, my, my grandmother was a huge part of my life. I mean, she did everything that she needed to ensure that my mom could go back to school and support us. And I mean, I had an amazing family uh, that rallied behind my sister and I. And, you know, losing her was a real eye-opener. Um, I think that that experience coupled with her confidence in me, um, prior to me seeing it in myself, it it was just sort of that push, you know? And I I guess I thought, you know, at that point, senior year, I'm sitting there trying to figure out what to do. And I would just rather look back on my life and say, I took a chance and it failed. than I did what was safe and I never knew what it meant to try, what it meant to really give it a shot. Um, because life is so short, you know, it, It is. And when you lose somebody that you love or you experience some kind of real tough life situation, which all of us unfortunately do and will at some point, it becomes clear that we can't rely on the fact that there will be a someday. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That was good radio. I know. (laughs) This is so powerful Yeah, because she could have just given the platitude that life is short. Yes. You got to yeah. see whatever. Yeah. And she literally said, I've never told this before. And I don't know why. Maybe it's the way you ask the question. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's some shameless self-promotion there. I included that one. Yeah. Nice selection of the picks. <laughs> no, but it is. It is indicative. Hey, but this is three out of 40 episodes. If yeah. 7% of Steph's episodes or whatever that works out to be have this kind of moment. It's pretty awesome. Can you guys do three out of 40 in your head? The percentage of that? I can't. No. Seven, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> he goes 0.5. He adds the 0.5. All right, Steph. So what I'm curious about in this one or, or what I'm learning about in this one, because <clears throat> the thing is, is, is you could talk about like, why did why did you ask this question? What you were talking about before was you got curious about, holy crap, you saw the story. Holy crap, you just graduated or were about to <clears throat> from this amazing school, right? You mm-hmm. could do literally anything you want with this. Yep. So you were coming at it from your perspective, and I think that's what you have to do as an interviewer. I think when you see Pete Rose interview someone, he's coming at it from his perspective, but he's doing it sort of anchoring himself to his audience in the same way that you are anchoring it to to female entrepreneurs who are trying to build the thing that they are going to be proud of, mm-hmm. right? And so you're anchored in that story, listening to this other story. You get to be our voice by proxy, being curious on our behalf, which luckily that is an audience you are soundly in the center of right. personally, you right. know? So you're seeing her going, I was doing this, I was heading this direction and then I just pulled a ripcord and I went over here instead. And you got curious about that. You asked this question about like, what, what made you do that? What was the question again? Do you remember? Uh, I think I said, when you made that decision, what sticks out in your mind? Something okay. like that. 
Well, I mean, just think about people, how wide and open that, that conversation is. Yeah. That question itself is just like, when you think about making that decision, what comes up for you? Like what, what sticks in your mind? Right. And it's super open-ended. It's super invitational about like whatever, you know, there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer because we're talking about your life here. You know, Mm -hmm. it's fascinating because again, it gets us into a moment a moment in this person's life where all of a sudden we zoom in and we saw this texture. We saw grandma dying of, of cancer right? Go and just saying something very candidly that was kind of out of, out of character for even grandma, you know? And we heard in Natalie's voice what that meant. Right. You know, right. what and, that meant to her. And you know, one, one of the things that I have heard back from the audience of people who listen is something along, I've heard this from a number of people who say, you ask the questions that I would have asked. You ask what I want to know. And mm. that's what I like about the show. And I think that is what it is. You know, it's like, and I see the temptation as a podcast host to like, you read everything out there that's like provide value and like, you know, all this stuff. And you think that you have to come up with like some incredible takeaway. And the weird thing is, I think many of us, like the last place that you look, is this like ordinary stuff, you know? And that's why we end up going so general, but it's really, it's been fascinating to me that just these moments in people's lives, the exchange with the grandmother, things like that, those are the most instructive moments. So it's kind of Mm. being willing to look where not everybody's looking, you know, because somebody like Natalie, she has, I mean, she has built an empire at the Rising Tide Society. She has tons and tons of things to teach. But for me going into this moment of like how, like how she made this decision, it's so instructive. And uh, yeah, it, it does. It's like, you kind of feel gripped by it, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so I feel like that like kind of pretty well covers this topic. I want to do like one little sort of recap here, Steph. So if you could recap what your experience for, like you have been asking this kind of question or looking for these kinds of moments with a lot of people. How many episodes of Courage and Clarity have you done so far? So there've been 40 and not all of those are interviews, but um, I suppose about... Gosh, 30, 32 of them have been interviews. So Okay, so yeah. you've had a lot, of, you've been thrown into the deep end of having a lot of these conversations, mm-hmm. right? With a lot of different kinds of people. Um, given all of the, all of the, like, like now going off script here, completely off script, if you were, if, if like, for instance, my wife, someone you know, was, who was doing an interview podcast, if she didn't know this already, and you, you like, we're going to, going to coach her or guide her in some way. What would you say to her? I would say when you're having these conversations with the people who are on your show and they're telling, you know, you're asking the regular kind of interview questions that you would expect. If you feel your like antenna kind of go up and you're like, I want to know about that or why would somebody make that decision or what would it have felt like to be in that moment? You know, what would that have been like? Really trying to drill into... I think that the biggest thing is like find something specific an exchange between people, a scene, you know, and, and Chase, you have des- described this before on our show. I think when we interviewed Jonas Ellison a few episodes back, you called it tar- Tarantinoing, right? And it's like, yeah. that's a good way to think of it. It's like, I, I think I would tell someone really try to go to an exact moment, make sure the other senses are engaged, whether it's visual or taste or feeling, but it's gotta be something beyond 
just pontificating or being glossed over. So follow that curiosity. Look for the moment that everything else kind of hinges on and drill into it and see if you can figure out like why, what makes that person tick? Why did they do what they did? How did they decide? And when they were deciding, what did it feel like? I think are the big things that, that I tend to focus on. Nice. I love it. And listener, listen, if you are a podcaster or maybe you're doing interviews on YouTube, this, uh, this is a really, really powerful, uh, trick for you. And this isn't the only one. You actually need to know a lot more than this. Obviously you need to know how to edit your show, what to send guests to get them on your show, how to figure out who you're going to get on your show, how to submit your show to iTunes, how to, you know, grow your podcast once it's out there or your YouTube channel. If you need help with that stuff, we have courses on these exact topics inside of fizzle. We have an advanced podcast editing or uh, advanced podcasting course with John Lee Dumas of, of, of Entrepreneur on Fire. There is some advanced uh, audio editing course training inside of that course uh, from me, yours truly. I've been working in audio for a long time. There's also an introductory podcasting course. So if you're just thinking about getting it off the air, off the ground, and you want to you wanna do it all right, you want to know all of the things that you have to get in, in like, I don't know, in place before you start, for instance, just getting your thing into iTunes, you should check out the introduction to podcasting course that we have inside of Fizzle. Now, as a Fizzle Show listener, we want to give you five weeks for free to try that out. All you have to do is go to fizzle.co slash try five. You will be asked to enter your credit card, but we will warn you before we charge your credit card, you will want to stay on because it's the most valuable thing you've realized you've been missing in your life, but you will always be able to cancel without any, without any, uh, you know, contracts or anything like that. So give it a try fizzle.co slash try five. If you're a podcaster or a videographer who's doing these kind of interviews, you can glean a ton from those courses, not to mention also the startup blog that matters course, which is probably the single quickest way to get from idea to sort of, I'm growing an audience about this thing. I've got my initial audience and I'm figuring out how to create my product and actually earn revenue. Startup blog that matters course is killer. We just redid that a few months ago. So Steph Corbett, I think that's it for us. You ready to sign off? Let me just mm-hmm. also tell people, if you've listened to this and you're cur- curious about the show, I would love for you guys to come check out Courage and Clarity if you haven't already. I work really hard on it and I'm having way too much fun producing it. So I would love for people to come check it out. You can actually just go to courageandclarity.com slash guide. And I have a really pretty guidebook that is actually just all the best parts of season one. So you can get totally nice. caught up just by going to courageandclarity.com slash guide uh, next week. So next Monday, July 10th, I'm launching season three. I've got a batch of brand new guests. So I'd love for people to come give it a listen and I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks for all the support. Awesome. So there you have it, you guys. Thank you, Steph, for bringing those clips together and walking us through your process. That was awesome. For show notes, for everything on this podcast that we talked about, head to fizzleshow.co slash 222, 222. Here's a rating, not from an iTunes review. I'll start reading those again next week. But this was a book that was sent to me 
from Peter Fritz, who's a fizzler, yes. who, who said, I've loved and hated you for well over a year now, Chase. Most of my disdain happened early on with the, all right, <laughs> but your authenticity, soft underbelly and vulnerability and razor sharp insights won me over. I love what you do and particularly how you do it. P.S. This is my very first book. I thought you might like to see it. Peter, thank you so much. Peter, uh, who blogs at, he he wrote a book called Breathe Again, Debt-Free in Three Simple Steps. Thank you so much for sending that over, man, and and, I don't know, just mentioning it. That's awesome. You know, listener, our goal here is to help you make progress on your business every single week. If you leave us an iTunes review or send us your book, (laughs) I guess, we might mention on the air. I would love to read your iTunes review, though. Uh, so just open up iTunes, search for The Fizzle Show, and click write a review. We love, love, love reading from you. We hear them in every single country. In fact, there's one coming up from Spain soon that I'd like to read in Spanish. So that's it for our episode today. I, uh, I uh, May you find moments. May you find real moments in your own life and in the lives of the people that you serve. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show.